Welcome back to The Breakdown. I'm your host, Ashton Warder. And I'm Marshall Katuri. And we are... This is our last podcast we got to do to catch back up for our missing missing podcast. So, Guys, like, me and Ashton getting... are so hyped right now. Oh and like, God. We almost done with this. What, what's, our theme? what's our theme for this week, Marshall? What's our theme? What's our theme? Yeah, what's, what's our, our theme? theme? Oh, our theme for this week is also race and ethnicity. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, we're going to start off with uh, Mrs. Dean's uh, poem called Borders by uh, this is Denise Froman. This is her slam poem. Or slam poem. The video. My bad, my bad. You could, you Oh, we got a 14-second ad from the Grand Canyon University. They got a very nice campus. You was fun to attend there. Yeah, I was thinking about it. They got a nice campus. It's really cool. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go, guys. It starts before she gets here. Before the stairs tell her she's alien to a country that knows her great-grandfather's Mexican hands all too well. His fingerprints still echo underneath railroad tracks and cotton fields from Texas to California where bent knees and bent hands once picked, plucked, pushed, work for more money than he was used to, but less than he deserved. For Ana Maria... It begins before the border. She walks with her two uncles through the desert for one week with nothing more than a few gallons of water and a prayer tucked into their pockets hoping both will last them long enough. The sun is an unforgiving God. But any God is worth having right now. The wind pushing at their backs, the grunt of gunshots from drug cartels and the desperation of a job to employ their stomachs. Both have been uninvited guests at their doorstep. So they step, step. Ana Maria's small hand clutches the bottom of her abuela's dress. Her mother waits for her on the other side, hoping that her face still sings of home like it used to. Another step, she is too young to know what border means means she thinks that people are just family members who haven't met yet after her family arrives she will learn that there are some borders you can't cross by foot Ana Maria is now 10 years old she's learned enough English to translate for her parents but says that her thick accent is still a problem she tries to fix by leaving in her locker When the teacher calls on her to read, she tries to speak proper, like proper has a sound. She pushes her tongue down so it doesn't roll her R's, but she trips on the flatness of the syllables that bounce with too much salsa. She tries to rattle out the kinks in her speech, but her tongue is a stubborn dancer. The two boys behind her don't know how to do long division, but they know what a wetback is. And that Ana Maria has braids. And that Ana Maria's hair is thicker than their sister's. And they don't know how they know, but they know how to treat difference when they smell it. So they say things like, yo, go back to your country. As if they're Irish. Oh, Michael, why'd you have to FaceTime me? We're doing podcasts. Okay, come on, Michael. Get off my iPad. Nope, come on. Decline. Thanks. In our days as a dishwasher, her mother cleans houses she'll never get to live in so that Ana Maria can sit in a college classroom and say, I am here. But her guidance counselor tells her she can't get financial aid or the in-state tuition rate because of her status. She says it like an apology. Ana wonders if her family ever crossed the border or if they are just stuck inside another one, aggravating it like a sore. 
Her guidance counselor stands in front of her with a mouth full of fences. There are some borders you can't cross by foot, but borders, I tell her, that can only be crossed by stubborn backbones. So when they ask you for your papers, Anna, show them your skin, wear your tongue like a cape, throw up your fist like a secret you can't keep any longer. They can't keep you any longer. Afraid you can't ever afford to drop a dream. So when they come for you, tell them in the language that you know best that you are not scared anymore. Wow. She went hard. That was a, an amazing poem. Like, I really don't even know, like, if I should say anything on it, on how perfect it was. It was really good. Um, I did like the part where, I think I, I said it during it, the, something about her tongue being fierce, like, or like. Her, um. What, what, what was it? So, basically meaning, like, she talks a lot and has a lot to say. And, like, I feel like it's, like, I feel like I could talk forever about so many things that would just run through my mind constantly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I liked how, I mean, I feel like the message of it was, like, the own, your culture and own, like, yeah. like, like where say, you come like from. The line, like, the line saying, um. When uh, she goes to class, she, she leaves her, um, she leaves her, uh, accent in her locker. locker. Yeah. And she like, tries yeah. to talk, she tries to change her accent to speak how the general population does and this poem kind of just is this like an empowering like own your culture own your race like yeah 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 that was good that was good that was really good okay now we're gonna go into an american sunrise american sunrise american sunrise okay by joy uh harjo we were running out of breath as we ran out to meet ourselves. We were surfacing the edge of our ancestors' fights and ready to strike. It was difficult to lose days in the Indian bar if you were straight. Easy if you played pool and drank to remember to forget. We made plans to be professional and did. And some of us can, could sing so we drummed a fire-lit pathway up to those starry, starry stars. Sin was invented by the Christians as was the devil we sang. We were the heathens, but needed to be saved from them. Then chance we knew we were all related in this story. A little gin will clarify the dark and make us feel like dancing. We had something to do with the origins of blues and jazz. I argued with a Pablo as I filled the jukebox with dimes in June. Forty years later, we still want justice. We are still American. We know the rumors of our demise. We spit them out. They die, they die soon. Wow. That one is pretty powerful. Um, it, it kind of goes through a couple things like, uh, one of the lines saying it was difficult to lose days in the Indian bar if you were straight, like, what am I trying to say right here? Where are you reading that at? It's like the first, it was difficult to lose days in the Indian bar if you were straight. 
So remember we talked about this in class and like a meaning behind it. Easy if you, easy if you played pool and drink to remember to forget. Kind of meaning like there's a stereotype about around like um, American Indians uh, that are drunks, um, also Mexicans that are drunks and stuff like that. So um, Indian, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they brought up an Indian bar, um, but yeah. And then um, by the uh, one of the other lines I liked uh, the Christian uh, or sin was invented by the Christians as was the devil we sang. We were the heathens, but needed to be saved from them. I like this because um, it's kind of saying that, like, people can make up things and say what they want, and we can sing about it and say whatever we want about it. But we're, we are uh, still people that need to be saved from, like, the terrible things that we could do. Yeah. The sins that we could make. So we still need to be saved by them because we, yeah. are, we are the heathens that are acting out. Oh, God. You just went crazy on that. Mm. You went crazy, man. Mm. Okay. And then another line. Um, I argued with a Pablo as I filled the jukebox with dimes. I work at a bar, Addy Sports Bar, and I see a lot of people come through. And it, uh, it's downtown, so it's a very ethnic uh, area. You see whites, blacks, Hispanics. Like, it's just a bunch of, like... everyone it's a melting pot yes and like so many people like because it like talks about like drinking gin and like how it can make them dance and like the way that these people interact after they start drinking is just crazy and how like like, a bunch of them literally become like best friends and act like they've known each other for 40 years and then they introduce each other to like other people around them and it's just like it's cool to see that like our community like still cares for each other Mm -hmm. that was nice okay so the next thing um, I did Power uh, by Poetry uh, on Power Poetry Foundation by Audrey Lord. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. Her, hers was American Sunrise, right? Yeah. Okay. The difference between poetry and uh, a ret- heretic is being ready to kill yourself instead of your children. I am trapped on a desert of raw gunshot wounds. And a dead uh, child dragging his shattered black face off the edge of my sleep. Blood from his punctured cheeks and shoulders is the only liquid for miles. And my stomach churn, churns at the image taste, imagined taste while my mouth uh, splits into dry lips. Without loyalty or reason, thirsting for the wetness of his blood, as it sinks into the witness or white sinks into the wit- whiteness of the desert where I am lost. Without imagery or magic, trying to make power out of hatred and destruction, trying to heal my dying son with kisses. Only the sun will bleach his bones quicker. Okay, that's all I'm gonna read because it is a very very long poem. But I really like uh, I like this poem, and um, it, where it says, um, "Without loyalty or reason, thirsting for the wetness of his blood, as it sinks into the whiteness of the desert where I am lost." I like this because, like, loyalty, uh, like, I'd rather have like Twenty One Savage once said, "I'd rather have uh, loyalty over love because love don't really mean jack. You can still love somebody and stab them in they back." Oh God! <laughs> I you oh let me think. Um, That's poetry in itself, right there. I use that as a 
scripture quote last year from his sober next class. <laughs> and then I said at the end, 21 Savage. <laughs> but, like, and and then it goes on to talk about how uh, police and queens, like, and how they, um, what's the word about, like, what, stereotype black people. Stereotypes. Yeah. Stereotypicals. So it, it's kind of like, it, it's a crazy poem. It's a very crazy poem. I definitely give it a look. It's called Power. I, I, for my page poem, I chose Caged Bird by Maya Angelou. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fear- fearful thrill, trill, of things unknown but longed for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill for the cage bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze and the trade wind soft through the sighing trees and the fat worms waiting on the dawn bright lawn. And he names the sky his own. But a cage bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare screen. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with fearful trill of lots of unknown but long for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom. Boom. Um, I feel like she's talking um, of, I feel like the cage birds in this poem are representing the minorities in the United States because I feel like they have I feel like they're given a lot less opportunities and there's a lot of discrimination and things that go along with being a minority in the United States and um yeah I just feel like that that was her message about the the cage bird and the free bird being um uh representing the white people as white people are like it's the prominent race in the united states and she's saying that like because you're white it's you have more opportunities and it's easier for you to get access to things so i feel like that was her message through this piece what do you say ashton we're ready to wrap this thing up Yes. Okay, so then we started off with uh, Borders by Denise, or Denise. Very good. Absolutely. Honestly, would have been one of the top poems that I liked. Um, then we went into American Sunrise. That was a pretty good poem. I liked it. Not too bad. And then I went into my poem, uh, Power, which was pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. Get the pun yeah, there. Yeah, get yeah, it, get yeah. it, get it, get it. Marshall, would you... What, what, uh, what was your page poem again? Who? Asked. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry. No, but you got to do it for the podcast. Though. Yeah, I know. So for my page poem, I chose Cage Bird by Maya Angelou. I liked her, um, like, her message and how she portrayed the cage birds as the minority, minority group in the United States, States. And she represented the free birds as the whites in the United States. 
Okay, nice. This is uh, this has been the breakdown. I'm your host, Ashton Warder. And I'm Marshall Kateri. And we do this.